The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. All righty, welcome to it. Uh, good to have you along on a uh, Tuesday evening now. We're uh, we're back at it here after the long weekend. Employment Law Show, Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner Samfiru to Markin LLP is in attendance, of course. Going to be answering all of your questions uh, on the show tonight. How do you ask those questions? Well, the easiest way is to pick up a phone, right? That's why it's here. It's always been a call-in show for the last 10 years, so bring it on, 416 416- 870-6400. Failing that, you want to try an email. We'll try to get to some of those near the end of the program if we're not too busy. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can do that anytime, by the way. And to reach Lior outside of the half hour of the show, Monday through Thursday, four nights a week, you want to dial one 821 5900 and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. On the show tonight, you can't be let go from your job if. I'll get Lior to break that, uh, break it down what he means by that here in just a bit. But we always start off with the case of the day. My friend, how are you? How are you this week? I am doing great. You know, I had a, a good long weekend and I'm ready to, to go, ready to talk employment law. And, you know, I spent all day today up until now answering questions and uh, mm-hmm. making sure that people have answers to their workplace problems. And that's exactly what I want to do over the next 30 minutes is answer your questions. If you're listening, you're driving, you're on your way home, maybe you just turn on the radio as you're cooking dinner, you want to know something about your workplace rights. Well, what an opportunity you have now to find out about the rights you probably didn't even know you had, whether it's a severance issue, whether it's a termination. Maybe you're being bullied or mistreated, a temporary layoff or vaccination. My gosh, so many issues, so many questions you can ask about. Now is the time. Now is the place. And, of course, we will give you throughout the show my contact information at the office, phone number and email address so that we can connect as well and have a private chat if that's what you want. But right now we're live. Take advantage. Give us a call. Ask your question. And as John said, case of the day, let me tell you about a situation that I dealt with uh, today. And this one, I'm not so sure there's a a huge lesson to be learned from, but man, no man, this is an employer that really should have known better. Uh, So I spoke with a a gentleman that uh, earlier was on a vacation. He was away uh, out of the country, uh, somewhere nice, exotic, and warm. Uh, Good for him. Well, uh, unfortunately, as he was going to come back to work, uh, his flight was canceled. He was in a fairly remote place and had no way to get back home. And he tells me that even the phones don't work ex- exceptionally well where he was. So when he, even though he was supposed to be back on a Monday uh, or on a Sunday and be back to work on the Monday, he did not get home until the Tuesday, that Tuesday afternoon, and was in to work on the Wednesday. Well, when he came into work, it was at a, at a hotel. Uh, his employer told him, no, no, wait a second. You were supposed to be back on Monday. You didn't show up. You didn't call us. So from our perspective, you've abandoned your employment. You don't have a job here. Off you go. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he explained exactly what happened. Well, wait a second. It wasn't my fault. There's not much I could do about it. I was in a remote place. Flight got canceled. Uh, and, and the moment I got back, I showed up for work. At that point, once his employer understood what happened, they should have said, okay, fine, you didn't resign. You, it's not that you were avoiding coming into work or decided not to show up. It's a situation beyond your control. Well, their response was, no, no, we don't care. That's your problem, not our problem. Uh-huh. You should have been back to work on Monday. You've resigned. You've abandoned your job. So he called me today and he wanted to know, is that right? 
Well, John, of course, it's not right. To abandon your job, to resign, you actually have to have an intention not to work. If it's circumstances beyond your control, you know, kind of an act of God, if you will, then no, it's never going to be an abandonment. It's never going to be a resignation. So what happened to this person? His employment was terminated. And John, this is a 10-year employee. He deserved a lot better than what he received. He's going to be getting compensation. I'll make sure of that. Easily a year's pay owing to him. But of course, you know, and to the extent that there is a lesson here, the lesson is your employer can't make assumptions about your intentions. Uh, And if they do, and if those intentions or those assumptions are incorrect, you may have rights. Uh, He did the right thing. He called me. I'm going to help him out. Yeah, this employer really got it wrong. It's just one of those situations that if the employer didn't like it anyway, they, they could have said, fine, we're letting you go without cause and full severance, not what the uh, measly amount they tried. Like they, they, they could give a full severance and they would be okay. Sure. They could have said, you know what? We don't think you're reliable, so we're going right. to let you go. We're going to pay you severance because we have to. They absolutely could have done that, and, and that would have been legal as long as they paid them the right amount. But to say that he's resigned or that he's abandoned his job and that because of that they're going to pay him nothing – that was absolutely illegal, improper, and ultimately I'm going to make sure it gets resolved. And again, 416-870-6400, always a number to call into the show live and talk to us. Uh, Alicia, thank you so much for taking the time this evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Brilliant. What's uh, what's your question? Well, I was let go at the beginning of the pandemic, so quite some time ago, and I was fired without cause. And when I contacted the Ontario Labor Board, they told me that my employer could fire me for any reason that they wished. But I gave them a lot of details before they came to that conclusion, which was I was let go because, in my opinion, it was because I asked for a raise. Um, Based on finding out everybody there made way more money than me, and I was the only female. So they made a big announcement they were going to be an equal opportunity employer as of January 1st, 2020. And so in November of 2019, I set a meeting with them to say that I felt I wasn't being paid fairly. They agreed to give me a raise January 1st, but I got a 3% raise, whereas I was making 40 to 50% less than everybody else. And in March, when I had my third meeting to discuss the topic, um, 15 minutes after the meeting, they called me to let me know that my job was being terminated. Now, how long did you work there for, Alicia? I only worked there for 18 months. Okay. And in terms of severance, what did they offer you? Uh, Well, they actually didn't offer me any severance because they gave me like this um, five-sheet like contract to sign, and I chose to sign it like not right on the spot. I took it home, and it was labeled pages one to three, but there was actually five pages. They were double-sided, and on the second page on the double side, it said that I had a certain cutoff time to sign the papers by. And so I called them on, I guess that was a Friday, that the cutoff time was a Friday the 13th, I think. And then the Monday after that, I finally got through to them, even though I'd been calling them for days and days. They told me that I missed the cutoff to sign the papers and that I wasn't um, eligible for any severance. Mm-hmm. But the Ministry of Labor made them pay me that was the mistake, Alicia, going to the Ministry of Labor, because, yes, you would have had significant entitlements. Just on the severance front alone, you probably could have been owed three to four months pay, potentially even more. 
and and unfortunately, once you go to the Ministry of Labor, they can only enforce your minimum entitlements, which for you would have been two weeks pay. Mm -hmm. uh, and now you're prevented from pursuing your full entitlements. So uh, yes, this would have been something fairly easy to resolve. Uh, and, and unfortunately, though, because of what happened, because of you proceeded with the Ministry of Labor, and we've talked about that on the show many, many times, unfortunately, there's mm -hmm. not much that you can do here. I, I wish we would have spoken before you did that. Uh, there's an important le lesson there, of course, for our listeners, and that is when you lose your job, you cannot under any circumstances go to the Labor Board and Ministry of Labor. Ministry of Labor can only enforce a tiny portion of your entitlements. And by going to the Ministry of Labor, you've given up uh, the right to pursue your full entitlement. So unfortunately for Alicia, even though she would have been owed, let's say, three, four months pay, maybe even more, she was limited to two weeks by virtue of going to the Ministry of Labor. Uh, so very important lesson there for all our listeners. Maybe reiterate again something we always talk about in half for years on the show, Lior, is that pressure tactic, that deadline on page two, according to Alicia, that she, uh, I mean, they, they, right, they said right away, well, you didn't have a bad to us by the deadline, so you're getting nothing. That, that was the genesis, the crux of the reason why she got nothing in the first place, which is completely wrong. We talk about that all the time. Absolutely. And that deadline, and listen, every severance letter has a deadline, yep. two days, five days, whatever it is, that deadline is meaningless. Your rights don't expire on that deadline. In fact, your rights don't expire for two whole years. That deadline, as you said, John, is a pressure tactic. That's it. It's meant to, for, to cause you to think that you may lose something so that you sign and accept pennies on the dollar. So please, yeah. If you lose your job, you're staring at that severance letter. I know it's stressful to see that deadline. It's meaningless. Don't do it. Let's let's have a chat. Let's make sure you get what you're owed. Chances are whatever you've been offered is a lot less than what you're actually legally owed. Do it just like Alicia did, 416-870-6400. Call in quickly. Get some answers to your questions that have been uh, bugging you for some time. Before we break here, I want to start in on this, Lior, and that is you can't be let go from your job if. What's the uh, what's the meaning of that? What do you mean by that? So in, in we, we've said a thousand times on the show that generally your employer can let you go for any reason, pretty much for any reason, so long as they pay you severance. And that's, of course, true. And in the vast majority of cases, it's simply a matter of severance. But there are certain circumstances that irrespective of severance, your employer is still not legally allowed to let you go. So we want to talk about that so people can identify those situations if they ever uh, find themselves in that situation. And again, any of these ring true or have you scratching your head as we get down the list, uh, call call us on it and ask about it. 416-870-6400. Lines are open. First one is this. Uh, you cannot be let go for discriminatory reasons. We know that. Absolutely. So you wow. cannot be let go for any reason that's considered discrimination. So specifically, you can't be let go because of your, your age, your race, your ethnicity. You cannot be let go uh, you know, because of your gender. None of that is legal. That's discrimination. Uh, and irrespective of severance, the law says, no, that's a human rights violation. Can't do that. Can never happen. Uh, and I see that often, when, especially with an aging workforce. Oftentimes, employers may try to move or, or let go older employees, or, or may they, they may discriminate, uh, discriminate between men and, and women. All of it is illegal. And if you ever find yourself or believe that you're being let go because of that, or maybe because you have a disability, a medical condition, let's talk. Because irrespective of the severance that you may be offered, there's probably human rights damages owing to you because a termination like that is illegal. Again, 416-870-6400, or if you want to reach afterwards uh, for a more of a private conversation with Lior, a member of his crew, that's okay, one 821 
5900. Want to get to Barry in here quickly before we break. Hi, Barry. What's uh, what's your question? My employment lawyer has sent off documents to my employer for severance, but the employer has not responded in eight weeks. I'm wondering, does an employer have to respond in a certain amount of time to my employment lawyer? Well, it's up to your lawyer to make sure that they respond, and if they don't respond, to do something about it. There's no law that says, employer, you must respond within five days or you get arrested. But uh, your your lawyer's job is to make sure that this matter is progressing, and eight weeks is unacceptable. It, it really isn't. If I don't I get agree. a response within a week, I follow up, and if I still don't get a response within a couple of days, I start a claim, I start a legal action, and then you see how fast they respond. Uh, your head will spin. So, no, that's not appropriate, and, and you really need to have a, a long and, and uh, uh, you know, important discussion with your lawyer about letting them get away with it. That's not appropriate. Barry, appreciate the call. we got to slide into a quick break. We'll get to you, Tyler, and Angie, but stand by. We'll get to those phone calls after that break. 416-870-6400 is how you call in. We'll continue Tuesday night edition of the Employment Law Show continues. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. You bet, 416-870-6400. Lior Sanfiru here for the remainder of the evening until just before 7 o'clock answering all your questions. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four nights a week. You can call in and learn, right? Tyler, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You bet. So I worked at a fitness facility back in the fall, and my employer decided to close the doors uh, uh, in response to not wanting to follow the vaccine mandate. Um, so I actually resigned and went to look for another job. Um, just curious to know if I'd be entitled to severance, even though I resigned. So you resigned before your employer uh, closed its doors? No, I resigned after he made the decision to close the doors. Ah, I see. So employ- employer tells you, okay, you're, there's no work for you. We're closing doors. Maybe we'll open at some point in the pa- in the future. And you say, forget it. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm finding another job. Correct. Okay, then absolutely, yes, you are entitled to severance because the closing of the doors in itself was a termination of employment. So by the time you quote-unquote resigned, your employment had already been terminated. Now, your your the, your severance may be reduced by the fact, or because of the fact you found the job very quickly, but you're still going to be owed severance. So what I would propose uh, you do here, uh, Tyler, is I want you to reach out to me off air. Let's have a chat. But you're you're absolutely owed severance. Okay. Thanks, Tyler. And here's how you're going to do that. The number, 1-855-821-5900 and or help at employmentlawyer.ca. You're going to move down to uh, to Angie. Angie, go ahead. What's your question? Hi. Thank you for taking my question. You bet. So um, I've been working in long-term care 20-plus years, worked through the whole pandemic. Um, so there's a team of us that uh, took our vaccine first and second, and we refused to take our third, and we will be terminated soon. So I'm just wondering what 
if there's any advice for us, I mean, um, we took the first and the second, and we don't want the third. Now, Angie, are you part of a union? Yeah, we are. Okay, so the, the only advice then in that situation is you have to talk to your union and see what they say and whether they're they're willing to file a grievance for you. Because the only one that can advise you, help you, represent you is the union. So if the union says to you, for example, I'm not saying that's what they're saying, but if the union were to say to you, there's nothing to be done, then regardless of what I may think, uh, there's nothing to be done because they're the only ones allowed to do something. So your question immediately has to go to the union and hopefully the union will, will support you so that you don't lose your job. So why, why is it uh, up to them? You know, like they, they're not willing to push for us when all these other long-term care homes don't require a third. Yes. Because there's no longer a government mandate for a, a long-term care homes that was lifted uh, about a month ago. So the, the thing is this, a unionized employee gives up rights uh, to pursue matters because the only one that has an agreement with the employer is the union. So by virtue of being part of a union, you've given up the rights to deal with matters yourself. You've given all those rights to the union. And so there's no other options and no exceptions. That's the problem, unfortunately, uh, Andy, uh, Angie, by uh, being unionized. Angie, appreciate the call and your time this evening. Again, 416-870-6400 is how you do it. Sean, you're next. Uh, what's your question? Uh, hey there. My question is um, I'm an employer. I had an employee that worked with us uh, for over five years, so he was entitled to 6% vacation pay. And, um, and then he took three months off because he wanted to go to school. So he requested an ROE. We gave it to him, and he took three months off. And then when he came back, we rehired him. Like he said, you know, I, I did my schooling or whatever. So we rehired him. And then in 2016, again, he took three months off and um, and then came back. And, he, you know, we rehired him again. Like, we liked him. So, and this whole time, my accountant was assuring me that because he was getting rehired, that we didn't need to increase his vacation pay to 6% because it wasn't a, by Employment Standards Act, it wasn't a um, paid leave, you know, under like protecting a family or pandemic relations or whatever it was. Education, he said, it's not part of it. But his accountant seems to think differently now. And, you know, I was an employee once and I want him to receive what's fair. So I'm just asking if an employee asks for an ROE after, you know, five-year term or four-year term, whatever, and he goes and does schooling, comes back, does the term of his employment continue from day one, or is it considered that he's literally being rehired again? So what, what I'm going to tell you only applies to for seniority, uh, seniority for the purpose of vacation pay. Uh, so for the purpose of vacation pay, the question is whether the gap, the absence, was more than 13 weeks. If it was 13 weeks or less, for the purpose of vacation pay, his seniority is continuous, which means that that applies, you know, his, his time counts. If it's 13 weeks in a day or, or more than that, then it starts from the beginning. So you said three months. So we ha you have yeah. to actually look at the calendar and see if it's been more or less than 13 weeks. That's the key number. That's the key number. Wow, perfect. You know what? I spoke to uh, the, the couple of people on the phone and nobody mentioned this. Well, that's why that's why we're here. No problem, Sean. No exactly. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thank you.
Thanks, Sean. Appreciate that. There in the capsule is exactly why you call the show. Clear it up and get it done quickly. 416-870-6400. And Nicole, hello there. Hi, Nicole. Hi, this is Nicole. Yeah, go ahead, Um, Nicole. Gotcha. Leor, my question is this. Um, Myself and three of my colleagues, we worked at a major pharma company uh, for two years during COVID. Um, Standard course at the pharma company is to work through an agency. Um, Subsequently, and we did a fantastic job throughout COVID exceeding sales targets and things. Subsequently, we were informed we had to reapply for our position, which now became a full-time position, despite the fact that we were treated as full-time employees. When we did that and we interviewed for those positions, we found that we were replaced by much less qualified candidates. We were told those candidates were um, more experienced. However, through social media, LinkedIn, and et cetera, we could very clearly see that that was not the case. Do we have any recourse? As we were really contracted employees, but treated like employees. So, Nicole, the first issue before we talk about the replacements is that of severance, because whether you were working through an agency or not doesn't matter. At the end of, I think it was the, that two-year term, you would have been owed severance. So th- that's the number one. Did you receive severance? No. Okay. So there's the problem there because you could have been owed, you know, two years. You could have easily been owed three, four, even as much as six months of pay. So right off the bat, we have to deal with that. The second issue is this. If, if the company just made a bad hiring decision, they didn't realize how good you are and they hired someone that's not as good, well, that may make them a bad business person, but it's not illegal. That said, if they decided maybe to hire someone based on their age, maybe they felt that you were too old and to hire someone younger, well, that's a human rights violation. That's illegal. That may mean you have additional entitlements. So certainly that's something we need to explore as well. So certainly there's enough things here to, to tell me that you have entitlements. So, Nicole, I want you to connect with me off air. We'll give you that number here in just a second. Let's have a chat and let's make sure that you're treated properly. Nicole, appreciate that. And here is that number, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You got some time, a couple minutes left. We'll get to, uh, to Cora. Hi, Cora. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. What's, uh, what's your question? Okay, so I am a long-term care employee. Recently, work has mandated us to have a booster shot. I contracted COVID um, January 1st of this year, and work did not contact WSIB. I have doctor's notes stating that they recommend that I hold off on the booster until further testing because I'm still dealing with long COVID issues, and yet my work is still forcing me to take this booster or I face termination. Yes, I'm a unionized employee. Do I have any other rights considering they did not contact WSIB as they are legally supposed to and that they are going against doctor's recommendations? Uh, and you've, uh, Cora, you've provided them with that doctor's note that says that you should not get the booster at this time? Yes. Okay. So, beca- because, so that's number one. Of course, you have to do that and you did. That's great. Now it's up to your union to stand up for you. So you have rights, but your right is to have the union file a grievance uh, because irrespective of the employer's policy, uh, if you have a doctor that says you should not get that booster for medical reasons, that should be the end of this. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Especially now when there's no government mandates requiring a vaccine. 
but it's easy for me to say because I can't do this for you. It has to be your union. So work with the union, talk to your union, and hopefully they'll support you. Do I have any other case because your region didn't uh, contact WSIB? Well, uh, no. I mean, you you can certainly advise WSIB of that, and WSIB may come in, and if they determine that they should have been notified, they may fine your employer, but that doesn't necessarily help you. That doesn't give you any rights. Uh, They may get fined and and penalized, uh, but for you, you have to talk to your union and hopefully get the union to support you. And that is a wrap for this evening. Back in tomorrow and Thursday. In the meantime, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Entertainment.